Hey everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Welcome back to the show. Recording this on a Wednesday morning, so a little bit later than usual, but we've got plenty to talk about. We're going to discuss all the latest news in the NRL, and I'm also going to preview all the matches for Round 5 of the NRL Telstra Premiership and give my tips and hopefully get an elusive perfect round. Alright, so after four rounds of the NRL the competition for 2021, there's only two undefeated teams, the Parramatta Eels and the Penrith Panthers. Both teams looking fantastic. Penrith, it was an easy win over Manly on Thursday night. They weren't really versing men in that match. Uh, Manly really didn't show up. And then Parramatta had a bit of a challenge against the Tigers on Easter Monday, but they held them out and uh, end up coming away with the victory. If you guys have noticed, though, over the first four weeks of the competition, the divide in the competition is just growing. And it was highlighted this weekend where we only saw one game have a 1-12 to score on. The rest of them are all blowouts, 13-plus in all of them. And it really just goes back to what I was saying a few weeks ago in terms of the game has really sped up to a place where you know it's more exciting for fans to watch. The entertainment's there, absolutely, but at the cost of some significant aspects of the game. And one of those is the ability to have you know a lot of close and tight matches. Um, when you went into round four, Last week on this podcast, I predicted there could be a lot of blowouts here. These games aren't really suited to the new rules in terms of the teams that are playing each other, like Penrith and Manly. Pretty much everybody knew the result there. It's just whether Manly could hang in with them. And this new, these new rules are proving that the good teams are really able to adapt to to the speed of the game and you know the six agains and all that stuff, while the bad teams are really, really struggling. And you know the bad teams struggle every year, but when you get you know, brought up to play rugby league one way your entire life, and then they change the rules and and really speed the process. Some of these big forwards, for example, the Warriors forwards, are really struggling to keep up with the with the game speed. Same as Manly, same as a few other teams, and you know they just haven't adapted. In five years, this isn't going to be a problem at all because people are going to be brought up to the way where they're used to the new rules. But at the moment, we're seeing less quality football, in my opinion. It's something that the NRL. It's going to be interesting to see how they respond to. Uh, they just this week announced an 18th man for ha- free HIAs for a team. They can activate their 18th man and then use them. So it just shows you that it, they can't have a knee-jerk reaction to this sort of thing. Um, they need to kind of wait it out. They made their bed. They've got to you know sleep in it, so to speak, and just see how the how it all plays out. And hopefully we get you know some some tight contests this week, but. It doesn't make rugby league the most exciting thing to watch when you already know the result five minutes into a match just because of how the two teams are playing. So um, it just shows you there's a giant divide in the competition this year and there's only four to six teams that that are a chance of winning the comp, in my opinion. And that's only after four rounds, which shouldn't be the case. So um, as I mentioned, the NRL, they did announce that that HIA rule where they can activate the third man, uh, the 18th man, if three HIAs do happen in a match. That was obviously a knee-jerk reaction to all the HIAs we've had since the start of the year. There's only been one instance in the last five years where that has had to, you know, where the 18 men would have been activated, where there's been free HIA by one team, and that was, you know, with Cronulla a couple of weeks ago. But I do like, you know, the the other aspect of this. They also announced that the 18 men can come on if a player is taken out of the game um, due to, you know, fair play by the opposition. And... Really, this is a rule that should be in for for a long time. The only negatives I have with this is that if they're going to introduce the 18th man for someone that you know has been knocked out by a 
you know, an absolute dog shot, a high tackle by an opponent, and the 18th man can come in and replace him, surely that doesn't reduce the penalty for the player that did the dog shot. Surely, say, let's say, I don't know, Lindsay Collins um, does a high tackle and, and, you know, it got a little bit fiery in that Rabbitohs Roosters game a couple weeks ago. Say if he did a, a dog shot on Damien Cook, just because there's an 18th man there doesn't mean Lindsay Collins should not get sent off if there's a, you know, if it's a if it's an absolutely awful hit. So there's got to be consistency and, and the NRL and the referees really have to take, you know, a stand and really punish players for their actions and, you know, take the lead on that. All right, we're going to get into the round five action now. Before we do, I just want to mention um, the rugby league world is in mourning this morning with the passing of an absolute legend of the game, one of the greatest characters in the, in the game and one of the greatest players of all time, and that is Tommy Rodonicus. He uh, represented the Western Suburbs 202 times between 1969 and 1979. He was the heart and soul of that club for years. He would later go on to coach them um, until their demise in 1999, but... Uh, then he went to Newtown Jets, made a famous grand final against Parramatta in 1989. He played 24 times for Australia. He cla- captained the Blues in their first State of Origin match ever in 1980. Played 20 games for Australia, captained them multiple times. And, uh, you know, he, what he will be most remembered for, uh, there's a couple of things. He was one of the toughest, if not the toughest, halfback of all time, without a doubt. He got named in the 100 greatest players of all, of all time and the Western Suburbs team of the century. So he's going to be known for all that. But uh, New South Wales coach, 1997-1998, he added another chapter in State of Origin folklore where he, you know, donned the catchphrase cattle dog and that meant that it was on at the first scrum um, and it was a way, you know, the the big the fight for you guys that don't know Tommy Drodonicus, he was, had a lot of passion for the Blues and that fight really sparked the match and the New South Wales Blues would go on to win that series in 97. He he lost 2-1 in 98, but um, one of the greatest coaches and players for New South Wales of all time and he will be truly missed, Tom Drodonicus for sure. The great thing about Tommy was uh, he was one of these from this generation of hard players in the 1970s, a guy that you could definitely, by the look of it, get a beer with and have a chat to him. And, uh, you know, the good thing about him, he would have problems with the NRO and, and how the game was progressing, but he wouldn't be afraid to state those opinions. He's not a yes man. He would give his opinions and um, he'll be remembered for a very long time. So rest in peace, Tommy Rodonicus, one of the legends of rugby league and one of the greatest players of all time. So, um Enough can't be said about his contributions to rugby league in history. So um, if you guys don't know him, go go look him up because Tom Rodonicus was was one of a kind, definitely. All right. From that down note, let's get into the action for round five of the Telstra Premiership. We've got some blockbuster matches to talk about. All the latest team news is out. So let's get to it. And we start on Thursday night. All right. And the action all kicks off from 7.50 p.m. at Stadium Australia in Sydney, when the South Sydney Rabbitohs host the Brisbane Broncos, who still are quarantined in New South Wales for the moment with the COVID restrictions up there in Brisbane. The Rabbitohs, well, they were clinical against the Bulldogs last week. It was 38 mil. I don't think they played amazing, but, you know, they had more than enough for a very struggling Canterbury Bulldogs side, which we'll get to later in these match previews. They're versing a Brisbane team that... You know, they, they started well against the Storm, but overall it was another disappointing performance for them. They are now one from four. It was an absolute flowing and 
Kevin Walters has really had his trial by fire in the first month of the competition. However, unlike some other some other teams that are really struggling, the Broncos at least do have a win. Um, so they've got to go into this match with a little bit of confidence, especially considering South Sydney have a few out in Cody Walker and Keon Kalamatangi, who are both suspended this week. The Broncos do have their few injury problems themselves in Herbie Farnsworth and Patrick Carrigan. But overall, Thursday night football, the Broncos... You know, are used to playing in these primetime matches. We'll see if they can compete with a Rabbitohs side that are absolutely on fire at the moment. I've said it so many times in this podcast already this year, but I'm going to say it again. If the Rabbitohs do not make the grand final this year, it is an absolute failure of a season for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're coming off three preliminary final losses. It's Wayne Bennett's last season. Latrell Mitchell's playing some great football, and he had another good performance last week against the Bulldogs. It all seems to be combining well for South at the moment. Apart from one thing, and, and let's just you know acknowledge the elephant in the room, and that's the Adam Reynolds situation. I am a South Sydney fan, have been all my life. Adam Reynolds, the 2014 Premiership winning halfback, debuted back in 2012. And I think that the Rabbitohs, if, in case you don't know, the Rabbitohs are unwilling to, bar, uh, to uh, budge on a one-year contract extension for him. The Bulldogs are offering him a million a year for three years, so $3 million there. The Rabbitohs are only offering him 700 for the one season. Reynolds has come out and publicly and said that he would stay at South Sydney if they were to up that contract um, extension to a two-year deal, but the Rabbitohs are really in some financial trouble in terms of retaining a lot of their players past the end of next season, so they're very reluctant to do so, and actually have said that Adam Reynolds is a little bit injury-prone as well. I think it's very disrespectful to a, a South Sydney Rabbitohs legend. Adam Reynolds is a player that has up-and-down form, um, and he's a player that you know have had has had a lot of injury problems over his career, especially near the early part of the trade, but of recent times, I think the last three or four seasons, he's played over 20 matches in each season, so this talk of Adam Reynolds being an injury-prone player, it's a myth, to be honest with you, he has been very reliable for CS for many years, and, you know, sometimes, as I said, he goes in and out of games, um, sometimes, you know, he makes the wrong decisions, yes, but he has an opportunity to be a one-club player. He's an absolutely integral part of this team and this chance, this team's chances of winning a premiership this year. And if I'm the Rabbitohs, he's 31 years old. I know they don't want to get in a situation like Sam Burgess and Greg Inglis where you know they have to medically retire and, and see us have to pay out a big sum. But Adam Reynolds is 31. I still think he's got a few years left in the body. He's playing some great football at the moment. Just give him the contract extension. Um, let him be a one-club player. If he does stay with CS the rest of his career. He has the chance of being only the second player ever in the Rabbitohs' 113-year history to, you know, play 300 first-grade games, which is a huge achievement after his buddy John Sutton. So, I mean, you've... I just don't understand what's happening here. The Cowboys are going to pounce. The money's fantastic, so I wouldn't blame Matt Reynolds for going. I know the Rabbitohs have named Dean Hawkins on the bench here this week because Benji Marshall starting Cody Walker's suspended. So they've got another utility, the young Dean Hawkins. He's got a lot of wraps on him um, on the bench this week. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that, that Reynolds still has a lot to offer and um, he's still one of the premier halfbacks in the competition. So South Sydney, please offer Reynolds a one-year extension um, or another year extension and toss the top of the one that you've offered to make it two years because... As I said, he's been an absolute servant to the club and he deserves to go out on his terms, in my opinion. All right, going back to this game. Sorry, I got a little bit sidetracked there, but uh, we all know what we're going to get here. The Broncos, this is one of, another one of those matches, by the way. When I mentioned dividing the competition, this could very much be it. I mean, the Broncos are going to have to start significantly well if there are any chance against a South Sydney side that's red hot. 
Huss came back last week, couldn't really stop the tide of those big Melbourne forwards last week. Him and Matt Lodge are instrumental in starting this game well for the Broncos. Milford and Tom Dearden, and obviously Brody Croft, who's back on the bench now. Those three still haven't found their footing, still haven't found their best football, and I, I really question how they how they go about trying to score points sometimes. It's almost like they don't have a structure at all, and we know that the defense can fold pretty easily. So, um, you know, when they're in Suncorp in front of their home crowds, the Broncos can come and start matches very fired up like they did against Parramatta in round one when they got to a 16-0 lead. But really, I just fail to see where they got the points in them against this Rabbitohs side. And the Rabbitohs kept the Bulldogs to nil last week. They'll be out to do it again this week. And, I mean, Latrell Mitchell, even without Cody Walker there this week because he is suspended, Latrell Mitchell, uh, Benji Marshall, that combination is going to be huge. Um, obviously, that left side with Johnson and Gagai, so destructive and so damaging and the great thing about South Sydney and what they did last week against the Bulldogs while it wasn't a fantastic performance Adam Reynolds got some quality ball out there to Campbell Graham and Josh Mansour so they've got you know attack both sides of the field and while Brisbane have a big forward pack I think that the forward pack of the Rabbitohs has been underrated for quite a long time Tom Burgess Totola uh, Jaden Sewell, Cam Murray, and uh, you know, obviously Jai Arrow off the bench as well. I think that uh, they can tire out this Brisbane Broncos forward pack. They're a big forward pack. The new rules don't really suit that, and the Broncos have really failed to adjust to that over the past two years. And um, I think that the Rabbitohs is going to roll over the top of them, especially in the last 20 of each half. So I've got South Sydney by 20 in this game, but um, obviously with the new rules, it could be a lot more the Bron- if the Broncos have any chance, I said they've got to start that first 20 minutes and really got to be in control of the match 20 minutes into this, but I've got the Rabbitohs by 20 in this one. All right, moving on to Friday Night Football down. The action all kicks off at 6 p.m. from Central Coast Stadium when the New Zealand Warriors take on the Manly Seagulls. Both of these teams coming off lo- uh, losses last week. The Warriors, they were okay against the Sydney Roosters. Nothing amazing, but they were in the game for a long period of time before the Roosters showed their class and ran away with it uh, at the end despite having a lot of injury problems, but... Uh, they're versing a Manly side. Obviously, it's been a, a very reported news story of the past month. How bad they're traveling uh, once, you know, and a once high-regarded team, um, you know, in the in the NRL, and they still are. They've got a, such a rich history, but the last few years have been really unkind for Manly. I think they've won one out of their last 13 matches now. Only one game at Brookvale in the last year and a half. Um, so they're going to be they're going to be very desperate in this match. Um, Obviously, it was one of their lowest of lows last week against Penrith on Thursday night, uh, where they got absolutely dis- demolished. Um, but they're going to be out for revenge this week. As I said, um, it doesn't get more desperate, and the more pressure gets put on on coaches and players, usually um, they come out and respond eventually. And there's a weird thing in rugby league that when you get flogged one week, the next week you bounce back and have a much improved performance. And I expect the same here from this Manly side. Moses Suley has been dropped this week for the debut of the young superstar Morgan Harper in the lower grades. We see if he can transfer that to first grade level. Um, I've, from what I've seen of him, he's a very talented young player. He obviously primarily plays fullback, but he's in the centers this week. I think that's a great change. Moses Suley... He's kind of like Joseph Leilua, where he seems to read the situation in the centres wrong all the time defensively, and I think that's going to help stop leaking points if, if these, this young fella can, can come out and prove his worth. Apart from that, Manly have a very similar side, but the story is really with the Warriors and their outs this week in the team list. Uh, no Adam Fanua Blake, no Sirenan, no Bunty Afoa, all got minor injuries. Um, add that to you and Aiken already missing for him and the... Uh, 
the lack of their halfback, um, their first grade halfback, Chanel Tavita Harris. They've got a lot of injury problems at the moment, Warriors. And, you know, if you look back at their year so far, New Zealand, round one, they defeated a pretty bad uh, Gold Coast Titan side. Uh, obviously, it was a bit of a grind there, but I don't think it was a great performance by the Warriors, but they did enough to get the job done, so credit there. Round two, they were versus a Newcastle side, and they were in the lead with four minutes left and basically threw the game around, uh, game away. Round three, they are losing 31-10 to 10 after about half an hour uh, into the football game against the Canberra Raiders. The Raiders then got reduced to no bench, and the Warriors managed to storm home due to the you know, fatiguing side of Canberra, but... Credit with credit to you, it was a good comeback. And then last week against the Roosters, uh, the Roosters, they were just, you know, they were in the game, but they didn't really feel, didn't really feel like they were ever going to get over the Roosters in that game. So I think the fact that they're a dollar thirty-three in this game, I think people might be overhyping the Warriors and how they're going a little bit. They are two from four, but I think this is a real danger game for them. The Warriors, throughout their history, really have a tendency to lose the games they should win um and you know they have a bad record against manly overall not recently they've they managed to win a lot of games this is the 2011 grand final rematch surprisingly i don't think the warriors have any of their players from that game in there but the manly halves are exactly the same foreign and cherry heavens and obviously they're under a lot of pressure this year manly's woes were really compounded which i i failed to mention before but i'll mention it now jake jarovich uh, last week when trials were getting scored. He was trying to address the players, trying to get him into line. I know he's not the captain, but um, he's a veteran. He's a leader of the group and really probably should be the captain. He was trying to speak to him and no one was listening. Everybody was just looking at the goalpost. Matty John's show on, on Sunday night had that um, last week. So go check that out and just shows you the place that me and are at at the moment. No one's working together. No one seems to care out there. Um, so really, this is a very hard game to tip, but I expect a response from Manly. I mean, it's been four terrible weeks. Des Hasler is going to be under all sorts of pressure. There's rumors that uh, Paul Green could come in to help, help and coach them. Um, and I'm actually going to tip Manly for the upset in this game. I've got Manly by four points. I think it's going to be tight for a And even if the Warriors win, I don't think they're going to win 13-plus like a lot of pundits are predicting. Um, I think this Manly side's got a little bit of fight in it. And I think that that Morgan Harper change is a positive one. And Tommy Trojevic is a week or two away from coming back from injury as well. So it's really important for Manly to get some form at this point in the season. It's only, you know, four weeks into the season. So the season's not over yet, despite all these one-sided scorelines and these terrible performances. If they can kick it in the gear, all these teams that are 0-4, not over yet. They just need to win very, very soon. And I think Manly can get one this week, Manly by four points for me. All right, moving on to the second game of Friday Night Football now. And this one is, in my opinion, the match of the round. It's an absolute blockbuster when the Penrith Panthers versus the Canberra Raiders. And the Panthers, well, we know the story with them. They lost one game in the regular season last year. They were undefeated so far this year. They've only lost, as I mentioned, two games in the in over a year now. They're versing a Canberra Raiders side that are always contenders, always red hot. They got back into form last week against the Gold Coast Titans in a little bit of a dour affair. But this game, make no mistake about it, it's going to be an absolute blockbuster. The Panthers, despite you know destroying Manly by 40 points last week, didn't really seem like they got out of second gear. Um, that combination with Luai to Kikia, it's almost unstoppable at this point. And adding there Nathan Clear in his control, and this side has unlimited potential. They could go all the way um, for sure. Despite that, as I mentioned, I don't think it was a fantastic performance. Stephen Crichton struggled a bit at fullback. Um, Matt Burden, get me, don't get me wrong, was outstanding, but I think they're up for a big challenge this week. 
Penrith. And don't get me wrong, they, they defeated Melbourne in a, in a very close game. And obviously, that was a high-quality match of football. But this is, without a doubt, one of their toughest challenges. This Canberra Raiders side, under Ricky Stewart, they've lost one game. It was because they had one player on the bench for a very long period of that match. And um, their English imports, George Williams, Josh Hodgson, Ryan Sutton, Elliot Whitehead, are really just, you know, taking the game by the, the scruff and, and really... Um, making a huge difference for this Canberra Raiders side. Jack Warden's starting to find a little bit of form. I'd like to see him try to get involved a little bit more this week. Uh, superstars respond in big match situations. This is his chance, really, to, to upset the apple cart. Um, I, I think a lot of pundits are not expecting Penrith to lose for a long time, but this Raiders side, they love to get into the grind. Um, they can score plenty of points. They've got a big forward pack that are really performing this year. Josh Papali, Ryan Sutton, uh, Hudson Young's back, Tarpanay's back this week. Um, and even the bench, Ryan James has been outstanding since he came back from injury. Soliola's always reliable. It's going to be a hell of a contest that front against uh, Penrith's big forwards of Fisher-Harris, Kikia, Capewell, Isaiah Yo. So... I mean, that's going to decide the tempo of this game. We know the individual brilliance from guys like um, Cleary and Jerome Lua from Penrith, but the Canberra Haas, George Williams, is so consistent for him. Um, he's just growing and, and maturing as a player in every game that he plays in his second year in the NRL. Jack Wyden, you know, can break a game open at any time, kind of like Jerome Lua. So I'm really looking forward to this match. It's going to be a, a classic, in my opinion. It's, going to, it, it's hard to tip against Penrith because... As I mentioned, they just they they seem to really be enjoying their football more than any team in the NRL. Uh, they all seem like a very close group of guys, and I mean Nathan Cleary uh, arguably has been the best or one of the best players uh, in the competition since the start of the twenty twenty season. So um, his influence in this game is going to be huge. The only thing that worries me about Penrith, as I mentioned, is the is the ambush by Canberra. Uh, this Canberra game, Canberra side's gritty and determined, and uh, it's going to make it very hard for Penrith, especially if there's. I don't. I think it's going to be pretty clear this week, but if it's raining, it's going to really even this game up as well. This could actually be a grand final preview, to be honest. Uh, the the quality of opposition uh, that apply, the quality of teams that are playing each other this week. I'm going to tip Penrith. Um, by six, but I think it's a really, really tight game, and I mean, it all depends, as I said, said, that battle of the forward pack is huge, they've both got big mobile packs, and it's going to be so enjoying to sit back on a Friday night and watch, I can't wait for this contest, uh, but I've got Penrith by six points in this one. Alright, time for my favourite time of the week, Super Saturday, and the action all kicks off at 3pm from Seabus Super Stadium, Gold Coast finally back home uh, to face the Newcastle Knights, and both of these teams, two out of four victories to start their season. The Titans, well, they were very disappointing last week against Canberra, to be honest. I tipped them for the upset. I expected big things. I did say at the start of the year that they could take some time to gel, but they just seemed like they didn't have answers um, when the pressure got to them. When they're versing quality opposition, um, they just don't know how to how to go yet and how to respond because uh, you had guys like Fafita and, and Big Tino step up in that match and provide, you know, some, some entertaining and enterprising football, but the halves of Tanner Boyd and, and Jamil Fogarty, who of course went off injured late in that game, really struggled to control the contest in that second half. Um, they definitely had an opportunity to win, and AJ Brimson didn't get involved enough as I'd like, even though he, he was trying hard. Um, I just feel in the in the big moments like that, the the playmakers really need to take control of the game, and and you know they can break it open. Um, so it's been a mixed start for Gold Coast. As I said, they're going to take a little bit of time to gel. They bring back uh, Brian Kelly this week, Anthony Don, 
um, is out injured, but he's a big inclusion, and Ash Taylor's back on the extended bench. We'll see if he plays this week, but uh, they're versing a Newcastle side that have so many injuries, and really, uh, last week, last Sunday is the Sunday match against the St. George Laura Dragons. It was an absolute disaster for them. They've lost Mitchell Pearce from it. Kurt Mean, Kurt, David Clemmer apparently is not 100% with that knee, um, and Tex Hoy went down injured. So, uh, they are really... The good thing about this Newcastle side, despite the fact that they've just played by injury at the moment, is all their replacements are really high-quality players, and they're lucky because Connor Watson and Blake Green are two very handy half-backups to have. Connor Watson's played in so many positions so far this year. He's played in the halves. He's played at lock. He's played at fullback last week, and he's just been outstanding in every game, every game he's played and really making me a fan of him. Blake Green finally got his first chance back into this Newcastle side after that ACL injury um, last year and played last week and he'll uh, you know he'll be comfortable in that seven jersey he's an experienced playmaker um, they get back Kalen Ponga who you know is really with him and Mitchell Pierce the two most influential players in this Newcastle side him Watson or Green really had to step up this week and take control of this game um, in you know the huge plays I actually think this game is going to be a real contest um, despite the fact that Newcastle are 3 40 on tab I feel like their forward pack can more than match the Gold Coast Titans forward pack. I rate both forward packs, but Fafita and Tino could really find their match this week against Clemmer and Saifidi and Frizzell and Barnett. Some of these lesser-known guys, Mitch Rain's playing great football. Uh, Moe Fodawaka from the bench, absolutely outstanding. And uh, Jolliffe has been great uh, and offered some great service on the bench for the Titans as well. But... I mean, they're, they're fighting a, a huge forward pack. The Dragons' forward pack, surprisingly, got a little bit over the Knights last week, so I expect a response. David Clemmer got a little bit rattled there, and as I said, he's not doesn't seem to be playing at 100%, but, I mean, this is going to be a mouth-watering battle. It's just whether... I, I think this match is really going to be determined of whose playmakers can tr- control the game the best, and I've been really disappointed by Boyd and Fogarty um, and the Titans' whole half so far this year. I just don't think they've performed to their potential at all. Um, Brimson, I said, needs to get more involved. But it's going to be an interesting battle. It's going to be interesting how Kalen Pong goes on his return. I actually was kind of leaning towards the upset in this game um, with the Knights. But their form line's just so hard to follow. I mean, they had such an easy run to start the year. But two losses to the Tigers and the Dragons, despite the fact that Dragons you know, playing some good football there. It's going to be really worried about the new Newcastle season. This is a huge week um, in relation to that season because they've had a, the easiest run out of any team so far. Their run's just getting harder. Um, and, you know, they need to show that they've got something without their leader, Mitchell Pierce there. So um, I'm tipping the Titans very reluctantly um, by four points. I think this weekend in general is going to be a lot closer than we saw last weekend um, in terms of uh, margins. But... I think the Titans, they're just not they're just not fully where I want them to be at the moment with all this hype around them. Um, they, I think they need, you know, the more they play together, the more confident they're going to get. But um, for Fafita and Tino, you can't do everything, and the rest of the team's really got to rally around those guys. Um, but I've got more confidence in them than what I've got in Newcastle at the moment, just because their injury problems, um, players switching positions a lot. They've still got a talented 1-17, to but um, it's going to be a tough one. Um, you know, the, the confidence is going to be low at the last two weeks, and Conor O'Brien, uh, sorry, Adam O'Brien's got a, a hell of a job ahead of him um, to get this team up and ready for for Saturday. So I've got Gold Coast to buy four points, but it's a very reluctant four points. I don't I don't like the Titans being a dollar thirty in this one.
All right, so a very close game to start Super Saturday is followed by a game that I think could be an absolute uh, destruction derby. 5.30 on Saturday afternoon from Stadium Australia, the Canterbury Bulldogs will host the Melbourne Storm. And, well, the Bulldogs, they haven't scored a point for a very, very long time. Um, They were... They tried hard last week against the us. They went down 38-0 the week before. Uh, you know, the the Broncos beat them 24-0. And uh, the second week of the competition, the Raiders beat them 28-0. So the signs, the signs all point to this being a one-sided game. Melbourne, they finally got back to the winning circle last week against the Broncos side. Obviously, the Broncos aren't the best indicator of how you're going form-wise. Uh, but let's face it, the Storm in their first month of the competition, when they, you know, where they were one from three, they versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Penrith Panthers, and the Parramatta Eels. So those three games uh, would have took a lot out of them. They've got a few troops coming back very shortly, and I think that. Bellamy's going to have this team ready to go. Ryan Papper, he has in four tries in 11 minutes last week. Absolutely outstanding. Really just changed the course of that game and in an instant almost. And, um, you know, their forward pack's performing well. Munster is doing, you know, what Munster always does and, and just creating stuff at the right times. And they've got Harry Green at 21 this week that could, you know, come into the side. Franco Lee um, is on his way back. Fanukin's going to be back in the next couple of weeks. So all things pointing up for this uh, defending Premier side in the Melbourne Storm. Lachlan Lewis is back out after that HIL last week. Nick Meaney's out for him as well. Corey Allen played wing last week uh, for the Bulldogs. Fullback the week before. He was signed as a long-term fullback. Now he's in the centres. You just don't know what this, this Bulldog side is going to produce. Trent Barrett's obviously looking... They've got Luke Thompson back, the big forward from England as well, by the way, but Trent Barrett's obviously going to be looking to shake it up and just, you know, play some consistent football and hopefully have some points scored for him. But this is going to be one-way traffic. It's a game that you could skip because you know the school, you know what the scoreline is going to be similar to before you even turn the match on. And um, I've got the Storm in this one by 40, but this could be the first game. And I've, I said it a lot last week, but this should truly be the first game where there's 50 points conceded. The one positive I will say about the Bulldogs is that their defense is usually strong. And they've got Josh Jackson and Luke Thompson back this week to strengthen it up a little bit. But uh, this game is going to be all one-sided traffic, unfortunately, for the the Bulldogs. And the Storm should have absolutely dominated. And, you know, 0 from 5 is going to be really hard for the Bulldogs to, to come back from. And, obviously, in finals, it almost seems like it's going to be impossible at this point but to even be you know competitive for the rest of the season the Bulldogs have their work cut out for them and I've got the Storm by 40 points in this one alright and Super Saturday's final game kicks off at 7.35 from the Sydney Curie round when the Sydney Roosters take on the Cronulla Sharks and the Roosters they were too strong for the Warriors last week and proved that they can still be a genuine premiership threat despite their injuries uh, to their halfback, Luke Keery, ACL injury. Lachlan Liam, of course, out for an extended period of time. Um, Sam Verrill still out. Jake Friend, probably about to announce his retirement. And Lindsay Collins still out of action, as well as a few others. They're versing a Cronulla Sharks side that uh, have been going along with their business quite well this year. They're two from four, defeating the Dragons and the Cowboys. They're two losses, however. They lost by two points to a Canberra Raiders side. They pretty much had beaten in that second half if Chad Townsend could land a couple of those conversions. Different result. And they lost to a Parramatta, uh, Parramatta Eels side despite having no bench in the second half. And they, they proved that they, were, they had a very brave performance. So they're really... Uh, flying and traveling all, all, uh, under the radar pretty well. Um, not a lot of people were talking about them, but Cronulla are playing some good football despite having a few injuries themselves. So this game's going to be an entertaining one. Sam Walker, all eyes will be on him as he plays his, first, uh, his second game in the NRL. Um, 
Obviously, it was a great debut last week. Two try assists. Didn't look out of place at all. Um, but as we know, in first grade, it's all about consistency and backing it up. So we'll see how he goes in his second hit out. Um, obviously, James Tedesco had another good game last week. Um, he proved that he can, you know, still be a threat despite the the lack of um, the lack of Luke Keery there. And as they get more and more troops back, the Roosters are just going to get more confident. The good thing about Cronulla is that. You know, they're a real defensive side um, in this competition. They la- they obviously leaked a few points with no bench against the Eels there. They responded so well against the Cowboys. I mean, that was a real danger game for Cronulla in the amount of injuries they had. But they really proved that they can be contenders this year. John Morris has his team fired up, ready to go. He should get a contract extension. But guys like, you know, Tag Wilson, just young kids that get a chance to play NRL are really taking it at the moment, really stepping up and... Um, you know, it's just, it's promising signs for them. Um, when they get Sean Johnson back, you know, midway throughout the year, they're just going to grow even stronger. But, you know, we, we still don't really know what to expect from the Roosters. Uh, obviously, that win against the Warriors was impressive, but can they do it long-term without, you know, some of these star players? Cronulla are a side that likes to get gritty and grindy and likes a low-scoring affair. Um, so I'd be more confident in Cronulla if it was raining or if, you know, the conditions weren't fantastic because that really suits the style of football they play. But this battle of the Fords is going to be another strong one. Hemi and Ueli and Aaron Woods are both playing good football this year, but they're versus some guys like Croydon, Takiyahu, Radley, still Tilly Tupanua, who's a very underrated player. Um, so it's going to be a good battle up front. I just think that the Roosters have a little bit more class at the end of the day. I mean, they've still got some great superstars, and they're attacking weapons. The Morris brothers still outstanding. What Josh Morris has got now, like seven tries um, so far this year. Tedesco, obviously, um, speaks for itself. Joseph Manu, who they have the potential to move into the centers, and Radley does so much work at front, and they really missed him. Um, so I, I think they're just going to roll over the, the Sharks at the dying stages of this match. I think it's going to be pretty close throughout, but I've got the Roosters by 16 in this contest, despite a good fight by Cronulla, who are really, um, have really impressed me so far in 2021. Hey guys, Steve's NRL Free Tips will continue in a moment with my Sunday match previews for this week's NRL action. But before we get to that, in case you guys didn't know, I also uh, host another podcast called What Have We Been Watching? It is a movie podcast, and uh, you guys can follow on What Have We Been Watching movie podcast on Facebook or What Have We Been Watching on Instagram. But basically, me and my co-host, host Noletta, deep dive into the world of cinema each week. We pick a topic. We then rank it. It can be either a, a genre of movie, an actor's career. We find something to talk about every week. We also discuss all the latest movie reviews. And this week, we are deep diving for the next two weeks into the world of Walt Disney Animation Studios. That's right, we're going to rank every single one of their movies from 59 to number one over a three-part series as we deep dive into the world of Disney. Uh, from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs uh, in the 1930s all the way to Ryan the Last Dragon this year, we cover almost 100 years of cinema in the next fortnight on the show. So please join us each show as we really deep dive into the world of cinema. So please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to your podcast each and every week. And what have we been watching? Movie podcast. We'll see you over there as we discuss all the latest in the world of cinema. All right, guys, you probably just heard the ad for what have we been watching movie podcast, and it would be in the world to me if you guys could please go over, support that page. Your support for Steve's and our all footy tips has been unreal as I've grown this show uh dramatically over the past year and to please go support the other one um the movie podcast on facebook what have we been watching movie podcast 
I appreciate your support. All right, moving on to the Sunday games. And uh, the first one kicks off at 4.05 from Leichhardt Oval when the West Tigers versus the North Queensland Cowboys. And if you're going to skip a game of this week, apart from the, the Bulldogs' storm, this is probably the game to skip. The Tigers, well, they played decent against Parramatta last week. Uh, they really were in and out of the game. They had some poor parts. They then responded. Um, it was a good win against the Knights a couple of weeks ago, but this is a huge match for them to get back on the winning board. Um... Despite some tough um, opponents in the first month, they can get to two out of five, which isn't a bad result for them to start their season. Against the Cowboys side, that's uh, an absolute disaster at the moment. Let's be honest. Zero from four. Uh, haven't looked competitive in any of their games so far. The, the pressure's all on Todd Payton. He's shifted Valentine Holmes back to fullback this week. He's having disputes with him, Tarmalolo, Josh McGuire. Michael Morgan's about to uh, announce his medical retirement. So there's just so much... So much controversy and drama happening there at North Queensland. And the most important thing, their performances on the field have been absolutely atrocious. So um, they've got a chance here against this Tigers team. This, these Tigers, this Tigers sides aren't a team full of world beaters. They're not going to beat the good teams in the competition. Um, if the Cowboys are ever going to win a game, or at least have a decent performance, this is going to be against a team like the Tigers who really struggle to get the job done at the best of the times. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to be too negative on them. I've been impressed by the form of guys like Dane Laurie and Adam Dewey this season, and Jacob Little's been really impressive from dummy half, but they're so inconsistent, the Tigers. They desperately need a win here. Um, I'd like to see, you know, their defense really needs an improvement. For a Michael Maguire side um, to be conceding about 30 points a match is not good enough. Um, he is a coach that's renowned for his defense, and um, he really, I know for a fact he really, you know, instills those defensive structures into place at every club he coaches. And um, it was great at South Sydney. The Tigers haven't really embraced it yet. They need to really make a statement this week in beating the Cowboys by a significant margin and really uh, reducing the amount of points that they let in um, to get some confidence, the much-needed confidence for the rest of the season because um, I just don't... Why, why it's a danger game for the Tigers, I just don't see how the Cowboys can win with their confidence level at the moment. The troops that they've got on the field... Um, they're just not... A lot of these guys just aren't up to first-grade standard. I like Ben Hampton. I don't think he's number seven. Um, so for him to be leading the side around is really, um, really interesting. Tarbololo is actually back this week, which will give him a bit of a boost. But overall, I see some... I, I see this being a very long season. The Cowboys, I predicted them for the wooden spoon at the start of the year, and I don't see that changing at all. I've got the Tigers in this game by 18, but it's one that the Tigers have to be wary about, and hopefully they can build on this and uh, start playing some better football for the rest of the season. All right, which leads us to the last game of the round, 6.15 uh, from Bankwest Stadium on Sunday night, and the Parramatta Eels take on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And let's talk about this game. Ryan Madison's back for Parramatta. Jack Bird is back for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. But the Eels, they're undefeated while the Dragons won their last three in a row, um, really shutting the critics up. And, um, you know, Anthony Griffin's really given this team some confidence with the changes he's made throughout the offseason. Um, so I'm very impressed with what I see from the Dragons so far this year. Parramatta, they were good against the Tigers last week when they needed to be. Um, to quote Brad Arthur, he basically mentioned that um, last year, like they started the year off great last year as well, but last year, when they needed a big play, when the game was on the line, they really tried to force the issue. This year, it's a lot more natural. Um, and really, uh, Parramatta are traveling along very nicely. That win against Melbourne a few weeks ago gave them a lot of confidence, and their forward pack is absolutely dominating at the moment. Campbell Gillard, Paulo, I, 
Isaiah Papali's been outstanding off the bench when he started this year. Nathan Brown's been really good as well. So um, that forward pack's going to be a huge challenge for the Dragons to stop. And add to that the form of Clint Gufson and and the fact that Mitchell Moses um, seems to be improving with confidence each week. I'm still not a huge fan, but um, it's probably seeing signs for Parramatta. They're... They can't underestimate the Dragons this week, though, and what the Dragons have been able to accomplish over the first half of the competition has been outstanding. They've won their past three. Yes, I know they beat a Cowboys side that has been atrocious all year, a Manly side that the same thing, and a Cowboys side, uh, sorry, and a Knights side that were plagued by injury last week, but uh, their defense has improved dramatically. They seem to be enjoying their football a lot more. Their attack's better. Corey Norman's combining with Andrew McCulloch really well. Adam Clune um, did a really good job in the place of um, of Ben Hunt last week. And their forward pack is really, you know, rising to the challenge against some of these more experienced forward packs. Blake Laurie, Josh Kerr, Tarek Sims, all been outstanding. Tarek Sims broke the game open last Sunday against the Knights. Um, Daniel Alvaro and Trent Merrin have both provided good service on the bench. So this Dragon side really overachieving at the moment. And... This game's usually a, a pretty a pretty good contest between these two teams. I think that the win record between these two have been kind of split over the last 10 years. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there, but I remember Dragons' wins. I remember Eels' wins, and um, I think this is going to be a pretty a pretty tight contest. Parramatta, um, you know, they've got the more class out of the two teams, but if the Dragons can stay with them for the majority of each half, then they give themselves a big chance to win this game. Um, I just think that Parramatta, when push comes to shove, will have a little bit too much class for the Dragons, but it's going to be a very tight contest. Um, if Ben Hunt was in this side, I'd almost be inclined to tip the Dragons, but you know, when you got guys like Gufson, um, Regan Campbell-Gillard Jr., Paulo, and you look at the offset numbers, you've got guys like Dufty and Alvaro, and Paul Vaughan, who's a good player, but don't get me wrong, he hasn't been in his. Be- don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player, but he hasn't been in his best for a few years now. Um, you just think at the end of the day, Parramatta just got a bit too much experience and a, a bit too much class for the Dragons when push comes to shove. I've got Parramatta by ten points in this game, but I expect a really another good performance for the Dragons. I don't think they're anywhere near as low as critics predicted them to be um, at the start of the season, and they're kind of a middle of the road side for me. I I expect them to be fighting for the eight based on what I've seen from the first four months of this competition. So the Eels by 10, but it's not going to be easy for them. All right, so those are my tips for round five of the NRL Telstra Premiership. Just to recap, I've got the Rabdos being too strong for Broncos on Thursday and the Friday night games. I've got Manly for the upset against the New Zealand Warriors, my upset of the week, the Manly Seagulls. I've got the Penrith Panthers uh, surviving a scare against the Canberra Raiders. Super Saturday, I've got the Titans uh, beating Newcastle, the Storm demolishing the Bulldogs, and the Roosters being too strong for Cronulla. And on the Sunday games, I've got the Tigers beating the Cowboys and the Parramatta Eels uh, defeating a valiant St. George Laura Dragons team. So those are my tips for round five. Hope you guys enjoyed the show as always. Before I get going, I'm going to give you my bet of the weekend. It hasn't been very successful. I've only done it a couple times this year, but it's back this week. Um... I feel like while I said mainly a lot of value there at $3 and I do like the upset a lot, if you if you want a best bet, you can't tip them because they haven't shown enough. You can't like bet on them because they haven't shown enough to uh, to be that confident with them. Um, I There's a couple of things that I've been looking at and I really like. I like the the Storm to cover the line against the Bulldogs, minus 26.5. They're just going to have too much for the Bulldogs. It's a big start, but it's a start that the Storm can easily cover. So I'm going to put that in. I'm going to also uh, pop in... I'm just looking at the, the South Sydney game, minus 20.5. 
I still like CFC at minus 20.5. With the Storm minus 26.5, that gives you $3.60. Just to spice it up a little bit more, um, we're also going to put in the Tigers 1-12 to against the Cowboys. Yes. I, uh, actually, no. No, not 1-12. to We're not going to just ignore that. We're not going to do that. I think I tipped them by more than more than 12. I'm not confident with the Tigers, but they should be a little bit too strong for them. Put the Tigers head-to-head at $1.34, and that'll give you a little bit more odds. And um, let's put the the Eels 1-12. to I think that the Dragons can really keep that margin to a minimum. So just to recap, sorry, I know it's a very entertaining podcast, looking at me trying to get a bet put together, but I've got Seahawks minus 20.5, the Storm minus 26.5, the Tigers to win against the Cowboys and Parramatta 1 to 12 against the Dragons. That gets you to $13.50. So that's the best I can do this week on Steve's Bets of the Round. Uh, thank you guys for listening to Steve's NRL Free Tips this week again. Please support the page on Facebook. Uh, subscribe on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to this podcast. Sorry for the bit of late uh, one this week, uh, but let's hope I can get that elusive perfect round for the first time this year. Um, Enjoy your football this weekend, guys. I'll see you next week on Steve's and our all free tips.